0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll have a spoiler-filled discussion about a movie we think you'll enjoy. this episode i am joined by my sister and we're going to have a spoiler filled discussion on ant-man and wasp quantum mania from 2003 2023 oh sorry 2023 there's time time works funny in the quantum realm yeah that that that's pretty
1: bad time is a cage it doesn't work the way you think it works
0: this is the third ant-man and well ant-man film and second ant-man and wasp film i guess but anyways they were in all of them this one was enjoyable but different
1: For me, first of all, they could have, like, if you did a uh, documentary about the making of, I would call it Ant-Man and Wasp, The Green Screen Boundaries, or lack thereof.
0: I was going to say The Star Wars Adventure.
1: There's that too. But I was just, I mean, they bookended it in the real world. If you
0: took out the bookend scene of Scott walking down the street with the Welcome Back Carter stuff, if you take out... Bookstore reading mm-hmm. at the beginning, the restaurant scene at the end,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and- The dining room table scene. It was, the dining room table, but also in the basement, the left. Yeah, yeah. Those couple of scenes, which all said and done, if they're more than like five or six minutes, 10 absolute tops, I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. Everything else is in the quantum realm, and there are parts of it that it- I, I turned to you at one point and I asked- you know how much of this was not done on a green screen.
1: Yeah. Well, and even when they have flashbacks in the quantum realm, it's all green screen. I mean, there's a point where we're flashback in the quantum realm and we could have flashed back to footage from the second film mm-hmm. in the real world and we didn't. We stayed in the quantum realm.
0: Yeah. And by and large, the effects were brilliantly done There were one or two places, particularly the drink the ooze scene, when Scott was drinking the ooze, the ooze was very digital, it felt
1: like. And that
0: one, it's like, oh, come on, you've done so well on everything else and you do this for that, Well,
1: it was almost like they felt a real drink would pale compared to what they wanted. They wanted something that would pop off the screen.
0: Yes. And I get that doing that with a practical effect would have been difficult and perhaps taste horrible or you know not work.
1: They would have almost had to have poured jello not yet solidified to get the effect they wanted.
0: Well, the between the texture and the color and all of that, yes, it would have been very very hard. And then matching it to the digital alien thing. Yeah. Which sounded like Seth Green, I don't know if it was or not. But that was the one scene where I'm like, "Ooh, man, you should have done better on that."
1: So many parts of the quantum realm were just artwork. I mean, if you, if you set up a booth at a convention and it was nothing but still prints art from the quantum realm.
0: Well, the, if you'd taken those images, even Sans movie, in other words, yep. the movie never existed. Somebody just had that art up on their, their booth at con, it would do well.
1: Oh, it would. I mean, you had the, the outer space effect. You had the, the the area with the jellyfish, which was kind of underwater, but no water.
0: You had that. You had the, almost the never-ending city effect. Yeah. And there were times I'm like, is that the city from Loki or not?
1: It was almost like he, because he knew about the city from Loki, so he was inspired by the city from Loki, but he was making his own city.
0: I don't know that he did know that. This is a Kang who was exiled from the Council of Kangs. We have no idea what relation, if any – well, I mean, there's some, obviously. This Kang had to the one at the end of first season of Loki. And I'm sorry, but the 15, 20-second tag scene at the very end telling us Kang will return. It's like, well, yeah, I I, kind of figured Loki was going to pick up on this in season two because, well, that's where season one left off. Mm -hmm. You didn't need this movie for that. Yeah, But I think they've done – an increasingly poor job at the end of these films, doing a tag that really preps us for the next movie, gets us excited about the next movie, and also overall ties into the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was mention of Spider-Man. Yeah. Thor. Uh, Thor. Beyond that, okay, he's an Avenger, he saved the world, you tell us that through exposition, I got it. It didn't really seem anchored in the Marvel Universe, in a shared universe kind of a way.
1: We got allusions to the
0: blip. We did get mention of the blip, flat out mentioned, and there was a scene where Ant-Man is, I can't say grown to giant size because they're in the microscopic universe, Mm -hmm. so he's bigger than everybody else, and he's grabbed a saucer section of a building to use as a shield, Yeah, which had a nice kind of Captain America vibe to it, Mm -hmm. and I, I, I liked that. And some of the action sequences were good. Some of them, where we get to the probability storm or whatever, was a little confusing, and a little ludicrous, but it's the quantum realm, so okay.
1: There were parts where it fell apart for me. I hate to say in the quantum realm that, because that's like saying the whole movie. movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The movie was plenty long. It was what, nearly two hours.
0: Two hours-ish, give or take. I've Once you take out the end credits, and I forget how long those ran. Yeah. About two hours, give
1: or take, yeah. Okay, so on the one hand, the movie was playing long. But on the other hand, when Janet finally fesses up to what happened from her perspective while she was in the quantum realm, I'd have thought she was on a deserted island with only one other person.
0: Yeah, the whole story she tells there of who's Kang and, and what's going on doesn't even address the who Lord
1: Cryler or Kryler something like that is. It
0: is and all of the freedom fighting and all of this stuff. I mean, a lot of this movie is repercussions of Janet's time in the quantum realm from the first movie. Yet there's a lot of it that's still left open to the imagination, unexplored, and it basically comes down to there was a conqueror, there were rebels. They kind of sort of lost, but not entirely.
1: But there were lots of civilizations or villages or towns or something that were squashed so that the conqueror could build his mega city and all these people who were displaced. But I go back to when Janet is showing her memories of her time with Kang, I'd have thought she was on a deserted island. Yeah,
0: it was just those two. And no mention of when she left him, how. Did she want to encounter the other people? How come he didn't chase her? You know, whatever. I mean, yeah, her departure from Kang was gloss over entirely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I get the she blew up or literally expanded the power thing, but where did she run? What destruction did that cause? A lot of it, That that's where I thought the the writing was a little lacking.
1: Well, and she says that she fought against him from the moment she realized he was bad. But from the moment she realized he was bad, that's kind of when he was beginning or before he even really was acting bad. He was playing like he was going to act good to get her to fix his ship. So he's not squashed any civilization here yet. I
0: don't know that he was playing that he was good. I think he was just kind of-
1: He was saying what he had to say. Well, he was
0: being. I mean, there was no other civilization that he knew of at that point to conquer it looked like. The, well, the subject hadn't come up, was my point. Okay. So, he wasn't lying. It just wasn't. And then when she basically touches the, the how did they phrase it? The, basically, it's a almost a telepathic controlled ship. So, when she was touching it and he was touching it, she kind of touched his mind and realized he's a bad guy.
1: Right. So, she leaves him. He goes on his conquering war path. And when we come in countless years later, after that division- Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, so less than 30 years, because she was only in the quantum place for 30 years. Well, she was
0: in the quantum realm for 30 exterior years.
1: Okay, I'll give you that.
0: So, I was a little puzzled how anyone could recognize her, basically, how long had – because when Scott had been in there for the blip, Mm -hmm. it seemed to be just a few minutes for him Mm -hmm. versus the five years externally. She was in for 30 years of her time, and it seemed like that much externally. Yeah. So, does it line up? Does it not? That was one of the timey things that I thought they they missed the boat on.
1: Yeah, we don't know how time works there, because we saw other beings that went through thousands of years of evolution.
0: Well, they lived through thousands of years in a split second, and they didn't age.
1: Yeah. Okay, but then we get back-
0: There is a precedent for that. The whole bit with time going through Scott versus Scott going through time in Avengers Endgame. Oh, okay. And that's what I felt they they missed the boat on playing with because it looked like at times Kang was kind of blasting people out of existence, like kind of shooting them through time. Mm -hmm. And it would have been hilarious if Scott was kind of immune to that. It's like it happened to me once. I got over it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, but we meet the displaced people and they know Janet's name and know everything is her fault. Janet
0: was insanely well known in this universe or this quantum realm or microverse whatever you want to call it.
1: That's what confused me. Yeah. Why did I mean it came across to me at because that was fairly early in the movie. That came across to me like she had been Kang's right-hand person until she found out what he well, was really doing. Or Lord Kryll
0: or whatever Bill Murray's character was and that they were the two main freedom fighters potentially.
1: I mean there are a couple of ways to read it either way. We don't know because they didn't tell us. But they thought Janet was the reason the Conqueror succeeded. I
0: didn't know if it was so much that or that the Conqueror was searching for her and therefore she's the source of all ill, don't get near her. Oh,
1: okay. But the fact okay. that
0: you took a different thing out of it says yeah. something about the storytelling.
1: I thought they were saying that this all happened because she enabled the Conqueror. It's all her fault.
0: I'd have to go back and listen to the dialogue yeah. more carefully on- the first viewing. I I didn't take it that way. That's not to say I missed something that was there.
1: No, but that goes into the whole I was confused yeah. about so many aspects. And I mean, I guess because of the deserted island feeling early on, what I wanted or expected or was trying to puzzle out as we were seeing more and more people was was Kang's malfunctioning and I'm assuming it was malfunctioning because it got blown to the size of a building from the size of his palms, his time- His power device. Power device thing. Was it basically pulling people in to the quantum realm from where they shouldn't be?
0: I, I took it as the power source, once they got it working and powered up, she took it and expanded it in size. I didn't think that that broke it. I thought it was still in working shape, but it was just- Ginormous and therefore unusable to him because it wouldn't fit yeah, in the battery yeah. compartment. Yeah. But for me, it was so clear so early on that this was essentially a Star Wars riff. Yeah. Let's have the cantina scene. Let's go meet the I don't want to say the equivalent of of uh, Lando Calrissian, but that was kind of Bill Murray's character.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. And let's let's get the rebellion up and going. Let's fight the good fight against the evil conqueror. And gosh, we're going to win the day, you know? It's like, yeah, I get
1: mm-hmm. it. Well, and in a way, we're kind of late in Star Wars in terms of let's tell the retired fighter, you got to come back and fight again.
2: Mm, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they. You could argue they picked and chose from different eras of, of Star mm-hmm. Wars and such. The other thing that I was having a little bit of problem with, and this is my baggage as a comic book reader, because Marvel's got the microverse shrink far enough down, and you kind of go out of our realm into one of these microscopic universes. And DC has a similar thing. They don't do it that often where they get down to a microverse or whatever, but the JLA's been there a time or two. Anyone who hangs around with the Atom too much is at risk of that. Whereas in Marvel, the Pym Particle's Mm. a lot more widely available. And I I had this idea for a a story for Marvel that I still think would be a ton of fun. It would have been easier- 30 years ago or whatever, when the continuity was, was clearer, but basically have a competitor to Pym, who thought he was the bee's knees in terms of science and such, create something that in a gaseous form, he could just let loose into the atmosphere. It would interact with PIM particles or people who'd had too much of them and just shrink them out of existence. Mm. Basically popping them into a microverse or a PIM dimension, wherever Wherever all that mass goes to or comes from. And if you think about it, all the people who could figure out how to solve it, Pim and, and the others, would be stuck there. Anytime they pop out, they encounter the thing, pop back in. So you'd need external people to, to go figure it out. Mm-hmm. I forget how I was going to resolve the story, but I, I, I thought it was fun. But whenever you're dealing with a microverse, an entire universe in the space of an atom, now, if you shrink down over there where you're sitting, you're going to go presumably into a microverse over there. Mm hmm. I do it over here where I'm sitting. I'm going to go into a microverse over here where I am.
1: That's like a million light years for me. Beyond that, yes. Yeah.
0: So, the fact that they landed in the same civilization, in the same place after all of this time, what are the odds? If you shrink down and the vector you're on is off by a degree, you could have two people go to different places. And that was a concern- that the Adam and a few other people had when they would shrink down to these other things. is, You know, S- stay close, hang on.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: if we get separated, I may never find you again. Yeah. There was actually an issue of, I think it was Power of the Atom, where Ray Palmer's ex-wife's current husband, or maybe even at that point may have been ex-husband, whatever, had borrowed the belt and shrunk down. Or had stolen the belt, or somehow he wound up shrunk down. And I think – Ray was with him at the time, and he's like, well, just go up and get help. It's like, if I do, I'll never find you again, you know, kind of a thing. So, they took some liberties on how the whole quantum realm worked. I never felt, particularly at the end of this, that there was any ramification of how long were they in there, how much time elapsed outside, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it could have just been as simple as they get back up and bump into – like Jimmy Wu, we see for a split second at the beginning. If we'd had him at the end of, my God, it's been years, just pulling his leg. It's like, oh, I skipped five years. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's We just saw you this morning. You know, There there were a few things they could have done that could have punched it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, I got confused in the quantum Realm if we were dealing with basically mechanical stormtrooper type beings or if there were humanoid beings in armor. And it was the digitized voices that were throwing me. I like the look of the armored guys. Mm-hmm.
0: I took them as more robot energy creature type things because it seemed like when the female fighter was slashing them or whatever, that they kind of spouted a little bit of energy and then just kind of—I don't remember if they faded away or whatever—but were out of commission. Mm-hmm. But didn't seem to bleed or have any, you know, human remains. Yeah. Or whatever the microverse equivalent would be. So the never-ending supply of cannon fodder. Again, draws to the Stormtrooper and Star Wars, you Mm -hmm. know, analogy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and in fact, I think we have one shot that was kind of the come up and over and look down on all the lined up Stormtroopers waiting for command.
0: Exactly. We've seen that shot with clone troopers, with battle droids, with Stormtroopers. I mean, you name it, we've seen a variation of it with every mass army that Star Wars has had, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're going to steal, steal from – I don't want to say yourself, because it. Marvel and Lucasfilms are both now divisions of Disney, but they are separate things and certainly have a much separate genesis.
1: I think at this point, people don't even realize when they're being inspired by something else. We consume so much entertainment.
0: Well, there's inspired by – because I think to be inspired by, you kind of have to, to realize that. Mm. Influenced by is yeah. a separate thing. but. Retelling, or I don't know if pastiching would be the right term, or lifting, or aping. There are a lot of things here that, if you took it out of the quantum realm and just into a galaxy far, far away, change the robot fighter dudes to stormtrooper equivalents, swap out Ant Man and family for a bunch of of just basic rebels and such, and they could even have the same family structure or whatnot. Flip out Kang for you know emperor or, you know, imperial general du jour, yeah. you could tell the same basic story. Yeah. You know, maybe the size shifting has to go out, but, you know, and you basically just ditch the the framing sequence on the two sides. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've got to go save him. Here's the scientist who, who broke the bomb widget thing. He's got to go fix it. He double crosses because he's a good guy at the end, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Which isn't that different than what we saw in- the final trilogy, maybe with the father, or no? It was not that. It was, uh, it was uh, Andor, I think. Who's fa- uh, the girl who?
1: Ray and her father. No, No,
0: I was thinking actually in Andor.
1: Andor, Obi Wan. What if are you thinking? Obi-
0: I th- might I'm getting them all confused. Yeah,
1: there's, there's been so much. There's
0: the one who was the daughter that was stuck in the cell, got raised by the rebels and such. Her father had built the uh, the Star Killer base that became the Death Star.
1: Ray, it was her okay, father. That was
0: Right, all right. I was confusing that with who was the one who was in the final trilogy, whose parentage seemed like it was going to be important, and then wound up being oh, it's nothing. Oh, wait, no, wait. that is Ray. Oh, that is Ray. It's the same one. Yeah. Okay. No, there are two different characters I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm thinking because Ray was the one we found digging for scraps and stuff originally in the the future trilogy. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be spoilers on Star Wars. So live with it. <laughs> And her parentage was the who's going on whatever. We never actually meet her parents, right? But there was the other one. I thought it was in. It wasn't in Andor. It was probably in Obi Wan setting up the Death Star and such. So, oh, well, it was either Obi Wan or or Andor. I can't remember, but it was the one that led into. It had to be Andor because it was the one that led into Rogue Squadron. Because we start with a girl who's put into the bunker. Her parents seemingly die, but it turns out the father is taken off to go build the Death Star and such. But, you know, he saves the day by putting in the secret, you know, shoot the bomb in the one vent and it all blows up kind of weakness. Mm -hmm. Again, you put that kind of weakness in place of the, here's the magic thing that's been expanded so we need to shrink it back down. Yeah. So you change the techno babble of that moment. Yeah. Obviously, you get rid of the probability storm with some other thing. And you could tell this exact Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania story as a Star Wars story. Yeah. You know, change the window dressing a little. I don't even know that you really have to change the dialogue all that much. There is one thing you would have to change out that we hadn't talked about, and you could change them out for the equivalent of a General Grievous or some other Darth Maul, Sith- you Oh,
1: uh, Murdoch? Modoc. Modoc.
0: The mechanical organism designed only for killing. I have never liked Modoc in the comics. And that's MODOK with a K. There is more recently a MODOK with a C for controlling, not killing. Ah. Just as lame. Having this one be the guy who seemed to be the original Yellow Jacket or whatever, but the guy from the first movie that shrank down. Mm-hmm. Okay, it kind of sort of makes sense. I didn't think he was well used. And there was something about the way his head was kind of distorted. It felt a little wider than it should have been. Yeah, I think they could have done an actual – regular proportion head in the suit and made it work better.
1: I really don't want to know what the Funko Pop of that character looks like. Well, the other thing
0: I thought was weird is he had this armor thing that would just kind of pop off and float away. hmm I'm like, what is up with that? hmm And they played that guy for laughs and the moral of his story, I thought, oh, come on. Really, it's like-
1: His, his pseudo-redemption arc?
0: Not even a redemption arc. <laughs> But the, oh, I die in Avenger, I think some people are going to take that as canon. It's like, no, it's just something he said. Oh, but Ant-Man and Wasp validated. It's like, they don't have control over the membership. (laughs) I I could have done without his character entirely. Yeah. Or at the very least, there should have been a better moment with Cassie kind of confronting her fear of having been terrorized by him as a Mm six-year-old. Kind of, sort of. I had to go rewatch the first movie to see if that's really a fair assessment. but. To basically, the moment she had with him, again, was the moral of the story. It didn't work for me. I'd have changed that out for something that I felt had payoff.
1: Yeah, me too. And when we get to the the grand finale, almost everyone has made it through the portal back to San Francisco. Oh, golly. And somebody doesn't make it? I know, right? How can that be? But what I wanted and I felt they left hanging in the quantum realm- was for the ants to team up with those whose towns, villages, whatever they were, they got destroyed for the ants to have- rebuilding, yeah. Well, have someone from our party act as a translator. And in fact, when uh, Ant-Man's helmet (laughs) got damaged- This I can do. And he got- and had to be left behind.
0: Yeah, that's funny. That would have worked if he could have salvaged enough of the helmet to, Mm -hmm. to get them in on the loop. And also, if they had just kept badgering – if the ants had kept pestering Scott and stuff, if we've been there a little longer, and he's like, oh, I got to get him to communicate, all right, fine, I'll do all that. And then he realizes, no, they were trying to get him to this place where they've built him the portal home.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Because Cassie just magically doing it minutes after they closed the portal and such didn't pay off. Them not walking back through it didn't pay off. Yeah. And then cutting to, oh, let's go back to Welcome Back Carter and stuff, which I thought was an odd musical choice to begin with. There were parts of that whole thing that didn't work for me. The end bit with the Council of Kangs, seeing the Immortus version, the Rama-Tut version, and all of that of Kang, kind of cool. Seeing the Council of Kang, it's like, oh, so we've got an arena full of just, I mean, why are these three special? Why aren't they all considering themselves the leader of equals or whatever?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: some were clearly followers some were clearly leaders that struck me as odd yeah and i know this whole kang multiverse thing is is the arc of this phase or multiple phases it's not playing for me anywhere near as well as the initial couple of phases did for the marvel stuff
1: i would agree with that
0: but i don't know that they can reach up to the heights of what led up to Endgame and such
2: mm-hmm.
0: if they can that's going to be awesome It's going to be hard. Just like I thought with the CWDC stuff, once they hit Crisis on Infinite Earths, I mean, they kind of got lucky that there was a pandemic in terms of they didn't have a chance to try to do another crossover like that because you'd have to go more personal and stuff like that tell a very different kind of story because you could not do that epic of a saga. I don't think you could do that again successfully. Yeah. So here, this was a decent – Continuation of the Ant Man Wasp stuff. They reference just enough of where they've been elsewhere in the, the the movies and stuff to acknowledge it without dwelling on it. Is this an integral part of the overall MCU saga? Um, backstory on Kang probably is going to be, but you could argue you may be able to get some of that through Loki.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: It was fun.
1: It was beautiful.
0: Certainly, yeah. There were aspects of the visuals. Some of the design stuff, very, very impressive. There were places where the special effects were stellar. There were one or two where it's like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. But only one or two. Yeah. So I thought they did a, a good job with that, but it didn't have quite the same level of fun as I think the earlier films did. I agree. Or cleverness, like when they they basically stole a, a building and it became kind of a rolling suitcase kind of a deal. Mm-hmm or a few other things like that. So I think this was a little lesser in that regard. But I think with every sequel, you've got a, a higher bar to hit just because you've told that much more story. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, you're either going to watch it or not based on did you like the other two Ant-Man movies and how much of them the MCU has you have you watched. Mm-hmm. If you're following all the Marvel Universe movies, you're going to watch it. If you're not, you're probably not.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, what stands out is just the beautiful scenery. The yeah. the green screen, what they put in that place was just They've well done, done.
0: Hardcover books of the art of a lot of these things. I've picked some of them up. This would be one that I might consider doing that for.
1: Yeah, because they did a beautiful job.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Again, from a, a technical visualization perspective, very impressive.
1: I just wish the writing and what the things I don't understand <laughs> were the at the same of level.
0: Plot could have been improved. Yeah. Cutting down the homages to Star Wars could have been improved. Yeah, if it didn't feel, in my mind, a little derivative of all of that, that would have helped. But again, we're forty-five years past Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't going to be that, it would have been Battlestar Galactica. I mean, there's there's yeah. enough sci-fi stuff out there that doing something new and original—it's it's hard. harder and harder every day, and it was never easy. Yeah. So again, enjoyed it. The tag scene at the end of of what comes next, too damn little. It it literally started and 20 seconds later, it felt like it was over. Mm -hmm. And it might have been slightly longer than that, but it was was too short and didn't give me anything I I couldn't have guessed at of, of where it would show up next. Yeah. So I think they need to do better on that connective teasing of future things and make this feel more integral into other stuff. To, to give us other kind of threads to, to follow from movie to movie i agree anything
1: else i think that does it cool the show notes and form for this podcast can be
0: found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode thanks for listening